Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com 2020 Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Okay, thanks everyone for joining us. My name is David Armstrong. I'm the Executive Director of Content for WealthManagement.com. This is the Wealthies Podcast, where we speak to WealthManagement.com industry award winners. Right now, we're speaking to Lisa Burns, the Head of Platform Technology for Fidelity Institutional. Lisa, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much, David. Happy to be here. Lisa, maybe you could start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, and how you describe your role there at Fidelity. Absolutely. I head up our platform technology team for Fidelity Institutional. So our institutional business delivers solutions for intermediaries, including broker-dealers, registered investment advisors, single and multifamily offices, institutional investors. And our team is responsible for the technology solutions that they use to grow and manage their business. Our teams are also responsible for our integration solutions that firms use to build customized tech stacks and a network of over 200 fintechs that are integrated into our system. And then finally, we have a team of technology consultants that work with our clients to optimize the use of our technology. So that's kind of my role. Sure, sure. And so I do want to definitely talk about the integrations a little bit. The Fidelity Institutional was a finalist for four wealthies this year, both across the asset management category and the custodian category. And the winner was for the... uh, Fidelity's HSA for advisors, the health savings account for advisors. Uh, this is the one that the judges deemed the, the, the winner in the asset managers, new product development category. It's a pretty broad category, a lot of challenges there. Can you tell us a little bit about the problem that you were trying to solve for advisors with the HSA for advisors? What uh, need did you see out there uh, that advisor for advisors that wasn't being met that uh, you guys thought you could help with? Yeah, absolutely. As we think about building products and technology solutions for advisors, We look at it through the lens of, you know, what are the challenges that the clients are looking to solve? And then how can advisors really add value? And one of the constructs that we use to do that is what we call the advice value stack, where it's helping advisors think about the services that they're bringing to investors. And what we try to do is make sure that they can move what we call up that value stack. So at the foundation, you can think of it as a pyramid. At the foundation of that value stack is things like investment management. And the more and more we can use technology to automate those elements of investment management, it frees advisors up to be able to move up and talk to clients about things that really matter to them, things like achieving their goals, retirement, college savings, et cetera. And then above that, creating a tool and a solution set that drives peace of mind for them. We really think that based on the research we've seen in the marketplace, we know that clients are uncomfortable and candidly stressed about healthcare. So that's one of the elements that the HSA is delivering to help advisors really address that need, which is solution, an investment solution, a saving solution to help clients be prepared for the rising cost of healthcare and retirement. We introduced it back in January. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask, so how does it do that? How, you know, what, uh, what tools are you giving to advisors that uh, will help them use these health savings accounts for their clients? Yep. So in January of this year, we began offering what we at the time was the only full service HSA for financial intermediaries. So the the assets, it's a one-stop shop solution. The assets are custodied at Fidelity. 
advisors use the Fidelity Brokerage platform to fully service that account. And then the advisors can manage the assets within that account. And the benefit, one of the incredible benefits of HSA products is that they're triple tax advantaged. So when investors put money into the HSA, it's tax-free. It grows tax-free. And then investors can withdraw for qualified health or medical benefits in retirement. And that too is tax-free. So it really provides a tool that advisors can help their investors use to defer the, those costs of rising healthcare. Yeah, for sure. And there's no, uh, you know, required minimum distributions from these things too, right? So it's, uh, uh, it, it's almost like, you know, you're going to be helping your clients not tap into their retirement savings to meet healthcare costs in retirement. When normally they would have to go to the retirement savings to hit those. Here you can just uh, sort of unburden those that those accounts with a uh, healthcare savings account. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. Interestingly, we did some research this year or last year in 2019 to see how informed investors were about the cost of healthcare and retirement. And what we know is that the average cost to cover healthcare costs for a couple is $285,000 in retirement. Interestingly, four in 10 believes that their cost would be about 50,000. And a third, a full third, weren't exactly sure what to expect for costs in retirement. So we know that this is a area of need for clients and we're thrilled to be able to offer a product solution that helps address it. Yeah, and, and the great thing about having it on the Fidelity platform like that is that it can be integrated into a client's entire financial plan, right? So you can see some of the exactly. investment options that you might have in your HSA are different from investment options that you might have in your retirement account. And, you know, you can, uh, uh, the, the advisor can see the entire landscape there and make the best decisions possible holistically, as opposed to approaching each account as a separate. Exactly. Exactly right. One of the other things that you guys were a finalist for was the Wealthscape onboarding platform. Tell me a little bit about that. What problem were you looking to uh, address there? And how did you build that out? How would you explain the advantages of that to advisors? Yeah, absolutely. So the onboarding solution is an area that we know is a constant point of pain for our advisors. So again, Fidelity does a lot of research. So the research findings from this survey says that approximately a third of advisors say it's, it's the most cumbersome part of the engagement they have with investors, especially early on. And what's critically important is it's often the first experience that investors have with their advisors. So it needs to be a great experience. So we delivered and developed and delivered the onboarding solution to really drive a more holistic experience across everything needed to onboard a client rather than discrete applications for opening an account or transferring assets or adding features to an account, all of which we have in market today and have had historically that are digitally enabled. Unique about the new digital onboarding experiences, it's a fully integrated, seamless workflow that includes all of those core transactions opening the account, funding the account, adding maintenance to the account in a single workflow. The result is there's less data entered by the advisor. They know exactly where they are, they can status it at any time online. It reduces not in good order. And then for the investor, really importantly, it reduces the amount of information that they need to review because we're getting away from PDF forms and moving towards a digital artifact that just 
creates a concise snapshot of exactly what the investor needs to review to be able to open those accounts and get them set up. The other thing that we wanted to do was create a little more flexibility. We know that often investors are not opening a single account at a time, but they're generally opening multiple accounts. And in many cases, they're funding those accounts with transfers, multiple transfers into a single account. So our new onboarding experience allows multiple accounts, multiple transfers of assets for accounts. And again, all of those features in a single experience with a single consolidated signing experience for the investor. So great workflow efficiencies. Can you give me an example? I mean, I guess, you know, sometimes people outside of the industry hear about this and think, oh, digital account opening. I can do that with the, you know, in five seconds on my phone at my back. Uh, but why is it so, you know, the, the challenge in the advisory relationship with the intermediary and maybe like more complex accounts or multiple accounts? And, and can you give us an example of how this works in practice with your advisors? Yeah, absolutely. Advisors are using the Wealthscape platform to, like I said, do all of their management of accounts, opening of accounts, trading of accounts, and then surveilling and reporting on those accounts. So having a tool that's seamlessly integrated into that platform is critical and top of mind. But often the data exists in other places and they don't want to have to rekey that data. For instance, mm. if they're using a CRM application to maintain their prospects and that prospect is going to convert into a client. They don't want to have to rekey all of that information. So having integration across third-party tools to a streamlined account opening solution is an efficiency gain for them. And then there's certainly additional work that happens when you're opening up uh, an account with an advisor that has an advisory relationship. There are additional forms. So to the extent that we can make sure to integrate all of those disparate pieces into a single consolidated experience is a, is a huge benefit. So if I'm using uh, one of the integrated CRMs uh, or some of the integrated reporting tools, I, this uh, helps me as an advisor keep all of those different applications kind of on, on the same page, so to speak, figuratively speaking, with the it, Wealthscape it, onboarding platform. Exactly. And, and that really gets into the importance of integration. And we can certainly talk about that. We know that for advisors, integrations are a top challenge and a top opportunity for them. Most advisors work with multiple applications in addition to Core Wealthscape. In fact, 50% of our advisors use upwards of five different applications to drive their business. So integrating those pieces into seamless workflows is really top of mind. And the Fidelity platform, let's speak about integrations a little bit because I think, uh, you know, it is one of the things I remember hearing for a long time uh, that the, the challenge was to bundle the tech stack for the advisor uh, and get all the pieces in place for the CRM, account management, uh, you know, rebalancing, uh, portfolio reporting, all the pieces uh, in place. And then, then the language kind of turned a little bit and advisors were starting to talk about unbundling their tech stack and, and <laughs> plug and play, uh, you know, different, uh, different applications into their, into their tech stack. Where do you guys see yourself as a custodian when it comes to helping advisors or I guess providing advisors with the, the technology that they need? You say you have like upwards of 200 integrations. Explain to me a little bit more about the landscape of integrations on the Fidelity's platform. Yeah, I, I, yeah absolutely. So, so we see a full spectrum and we want to make sure that we can provide 
choice for advisors. We know across the different clients that we serve, again, a large broker-dealer versus a single-family office or registered investment advisor may have unique and differing needs. So we want to make sure that foundationally, the platform can support all of the work that they need to do. But for many, they want to create an integrated solution with what for their firm is the best of breed third-party tools that will meet their unique business needs. So for us at Fidelity, we want to make sure to be able to support that choice with best of breed third-party vendors that are out there. But also importantly, the FinTech marketplace is expanding and growing and changing at a dynamic pace. So we want to make sure to also proactively bring new providers to our clients that might be able to meet a niche need or a new need that they are looking to solve. So integrating third-party vendors into a platform, again, for some, Wellscape can meet all of their needs. For others, creating those integration points with third-party tools is really important. And for some of our clients, they want to be able to build a completely proprietary technology front end, but importantly, have scale and efficiency by integrating into the custody and clearing platform. And for those clients, we provide a robust suite of APIs to enable that. Okay. So it's really the full so spectrum. Provide, yeah, you provide the APIs for any firm that wants to kind of build out their own technology we, offering. We um, do. And that's and, where, and, sorry. Go ahead. No, nope, sorry. I was just going to say that's where that's where the consulting team plays a critical role, right? Making sure that they're available for clients who want to consult on, you know, how would I build an optimized technology stack based on the unique needs that I'm trying to solve for my firm? So it could be vendor choice, it could be integration services, and it could just be better training and education on the Wallscape features and functions. Yeah, and so explain to me how the consulting team works. Then you, uh, how big is this team? Uh, uh, what kind of firms do you work with with this team, and and how close is the collaboration? Yep, uh, great question. So I'm going to back up a little bit and and just mention Integration Exchange. So the starting point for both the clients we work with as well as the vendors that we work with, Integration Exchange is really the first stop. And that's a single destination digital storefront that provides information about all of the different integration services we provide, whether that is a suite of APIs or components that can be embedded or single sign-on with vendors or data transmissions, whatever it is. And then it also provides that inventory of who are the FinTech partners that we're integrated with, what level of integration, et cetera. So that's the first stop. And then as clients or vendors dig into that and they have questions, or they get to the point where they want to start developing an integrated solution. There's some self-service tools and integration exchange, but they can always reach out and our team will work with them. Traditionally, the clients that we work with from a consulting perspective are those larger clients that are doing more customization and custom build, mm -hmm. as opposed to those that are looking to simply plug in one of our integrated third-party vendors. But they, they, they will set up... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. Please. I was just going to say that they would, clients can reach out through their relationship manager or directly through Integration Exchange, request a consult, and then we work collaboratively with them to figure out who's the right person, what's their challenge, what's their business objectives, and then bring, it may be a digital strategy consultant around the fintech marketplace, 
It may be an integration specialist around deploying a suite of integration solutions. So it's really, we offer a pretty broad suite of consulting services and it's based on the client's needs as to which team we involve. I imagine uh, on the uh, integration exchange, you said there's like some 200 fintechs, third-party vendors out there that kind of in various iterations plug into this uh, integration exchange, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So I got to believe, and and you said that generally your research shows most uh, firms, and I guess it spans the gamut as well, but most firms use about maybe five. Correct. About 50% of our clients. Go ahead. Use about five. No, it's just use about five. Correct. So there's got to be a pretty long tail out there of uh, of vendors who uh, are maybe highly specialized or maybe just uh, don't get as much uh, uh, integration into advisory firms and tech stacks, but they're still there. Do you have any thoughts on third-party vendors and you know how they maybe make themselves, this is kind of an offbeat <laughs> question, but uh, you know how these third-party vendors make themselves available to advisors, right? I mean, uh, we know that there's been some consolidation in the custodial space recently and, and some of the custodians that are perhaps being absorbed into Larger custodians had a reputation as being very friendly with small fintech vendors uh, in, in the space. And I guess, I guess I'm asking, can you help me understand a little bit about the fintech vendor ecosystem out there? You know, certainly there, there are big players. There's got to be a bunch of small players. How should the vendors be thinking about their place in the ecosystem? And maybe how can they work to uh, improve their offerings? I guess maybe that's not your ballywick, but... Um, <laughs> I guess I'm just looking for yeah, a little bit I, of perspective on the on the vendor out you know ecosystem out there. Yeah, I'll talk about how we think about vendor selection and and working and prioritizing those, and that is largely driven on first and foremost customer demand. So where our clients are seeing solutions that resonate with them and that they want to work with, and that they feel integrations are important to drive efficient workflows and scale. We will, we will work with those third-party vendors. And they're absolutely, to your point, are very large vendors that are well-known in the marketplace and have a, a solid client base and growing client base. There are other smaller emerging vendors. If you think about new emerging technology that may be out there or things that are coming um, to become increasingly more important for advisors to drive their business. And I think the pandemic is spurning a, a a bunch of new entrants in this space. Those may be lesser known, but there's an opportunity for fintechs, whether it's through conferences or referral network or alliance with other partners, custodians being one, but other fintechs being another, to to find their place in the marketplace. It's it's incredibly busy ecosystem out yeah. there, and the new entrants aren't slowing down; they're only accelerating. Is that true? That's that's interesting to me. I, can you speak a little bit? You mentioned the pandemic. Uh, can you speak a little bit about how uh, maybe the advisors and the integration partners you have, uh, you know, are, are kind of changing because of the pandemic or uh, the effects that the pandemic has had on, on uh, advisors out there yeah. and their use of technology? Yeah, a- absolutely. So we, we recently did research on the impacts of the pandemic on clients. And some of the statistics that we got back from that research is, again, you know, we talked about 50% of the firms that we work with having five or six different partners. And then interestingly, or importantly, over 94% of respondents expect that number of providers only to increase. 
82% of respondents note the importance of integrations and the continued increase of integration partners to continue over the next five years. 67% of firms report that COVID has prompted them to look for yet new FinTech partners. Again, as you think about the importance of e-authorization or the importance of video conferencing or the importance of collaboration tools, the increasing importance of things like financial planning in this space to really build that tighter relationship. Advisors are finding new ways to add value because investors' expectations continue to expand and grow, and advisors need to be responsive to that. That's just to say that 67% of advisors are looking for new fintech partners or looking for some fintech solutions uh, during the course of this pandemic. Exactly. Yeah, we've we've really seen the other the other element from technology that we've seen during this pandemic is a shift in where where we'll build new functionality and new technology. And one of the challenges is driving adoption of those tools. We've seen that shift a bit to clients and firms really more aggressively adopting digital technology solutions, largely out of of necessity, given our new normal in the way that they're working. But the feedback is that those adoptions are improving their efficiency and that they're going to continue to focus on driving increased adoption of digital workflows to continue to grow their business and change it. So we're we're absolutely, I think we've seen probably multi-year acceleration in sort of digital adoption over the course of this pandemic. And certainly nobody wants a pandemic, but if there has to be a silver lining, that might be one of them. That, that's one of them, for sure. Three years of uh, development into six months. It strikes me that this is also being led a little bit by uh, advisors trying to be responsive to their clients, right? I mean, uh, clients, you know, we always hear about the example of Amazon and Facebook or Amazon <laughs> and, and Netflix. And, yeah, I mean, the clients want the, you know, they want what they want right away whenever they want it. Uh, yeah. Advisors are, are increasingly challenged to meet that need. In the same way, frankly, that the kind of advisors have a little bit of a rivalry with uh, the banks, right? And, and the banks have a, a pretty, just by sheer size, have a pretty strong advantage when it comes to uh, development of technology and making things easy and intuitive for clients. And, you know, advisors you know, need to kind of step up their game a little bit to, to meet off that challenge, correct? You, you are absolutely right. Investor expectations are absolutely continuing to increase when it comes to the experience that they expect to get and the digital experience, namely, that they expect to get from their advisors. They, they want the same level of anytime, anywhere access. They want the same level of simplicity and personalization that they get from, to your point, Uber or Amazon. And, and they should, right? The solution is kind of setting the bar. The other element I would say, yes, advisors absolutely need to be responsive to investors, but firms that want to attract advisors also need that same level of technology in order to attract the next advisor, right? There's a word for talent out there for advisors. We, we all know that. And so firms are wanting to make sure that they have great technology solutions to attract the advisor who then will use them to attract the investor. So it's a yeah, virtuous or cycle, depending sure. upon how you want to look at it. <laughs> sure. And and I, I've, I've seen research, you guys may have done some yourself, where uh, younger advisors will actually use that as a part of their decision-making criteria for what firm they want to join, right? Uh, Correct. Correct. Much rather, yeah, much rather join a good technology. You guys did this, right? 
Yeah, exactly. We did we did the survey. I think it was a stat, if I'm remembering it correctly, I'm quite I think I am. It was two thirds of Gen Y, Gen Z um, will expect an Uber like experience when working with an advisor. And if not, they'll seek an alternative. Yeah. What about uh, you guys have been at Fidelity in general, uh, pretty uh, uh, forward thinking when it comes to like virtual reality. Yeah. I seem to recall it. One of the Fidelity conferences that there was, you know, uh, virtual reality was an early, you guys were early on the virtual reality thing, as I recall. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you guys have going there and and where you maybe see, and this might be kind of futuristic, but uh, where you see virtual reality playing a role in uh, advisory firms in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe a little bit ahead of the time, but we do think virtual reality day may be coming. So we've used it most recently. We used it within the firm to support virtual onboarding of new associates. So we brought in 140 new associates. And as part of their onboarding experience, which of course was 100% virtual, we sent out a headset and, and they had a virtual experience, virtual reality experience as part of their onboarding. It was a new and different way for A, them to get comfortable with the technology, but also just to meet people through a new medium and to have some gamification around learning about the company and getting educated through that medium as well. It was a great, I think it was a great experience, solid results. Similarly, we're using VR as a training tool. So as you think about wanting to make sure that you can train something like empathy for advisors who are talking with clients or reps who are talking with clients, virtual reality is a great opportunity to do that empathy training, again, in a simulated experience, and we're using it for that. And then recently, we had a, held a networking event with clients, and we did it in the virtual reality forum and format. And you know, it's just, it's something different and everybody sits on Zoom for 10 hours a day. And mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure to try to introduce a new medium of engagement for clients that, you know, allow them to have it a little bit more personalizing, create an avatar, they can go in, there was a learning element to it. And then there was just an engagement element. Yeah, for sure. And you think that this is something that the advisory firms themselves could uh, perhaps uh, use with their clients? Yeah, I, I, I think probably, and again, early, this is early days. Out, exactly, early days. I think the, the education and training component is, is certainly not too early. There's there's an, a nice way to think about scaling something like empathy, empathy training through scenarios that can be presented mm -hmm. in a virtual medium. To the extent that it's going to replace meetings or Zoom meetings, I don't, I don't know that we're there yet, but definitely opportunity. It almost seems like some, for some advisory firms, uh, RA firms, uh, it, it would be a, it used to be, you know, you invite your best clients for like a wine tasting or exactly. something, or, you know, you do some kind of, you know, I mean, the, those are gone now, right? Maybe there's some kind of like virtual experience that, uh, you know, you could send these headsets to your however many clients and, and do some kind of virtual experience with them. I think they would be thrilled to actually get the headset in the mail, you know? It, exactly. And that was, it, it's funny that you mentioned it. That was part of our virtual networking event that we did last week or two weeks ago, and there were absolutely virtual glass of wine to be shared amongst people as they mm -hmm. engage. You know, it's a very different experience, but it was really, it was really fun and interesting. Yeah, very forward thinking. Uh, have you guys thought about, and I, I know everyone has, and again, also early days for this too, but artificial intelligence at all? Where's, where's Fidelity thinking about 
Uh, you guys have that uh, that lab up there that's cooking up all kinds of like funky futuristic things. Uh, <laughs> we do, but any, any uh, Center for and, Applied Technology. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes, that's great. Yeah. No, I love it. But uh, it, anything that you could tell us about uh, maybe where you guys are thinking of artificial intelligence is going for the advisory space? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I think there are a couple examples of how we're seeing AI start to get introduced and leveraged within the advisory space. And I would say part of that is to start with having sort of a, a solid data strategy and ensuring that we know there's a vast amount of data that we have access to. It's organizing that data in the right structures so that you can put algorithms on top of it and then start applying artificial intelligence to drive insights. So the areas that we're focused on right now, and there are many, but I'll pick a couple that we're thinking about from and implementing from a WealthScape perspective, and that is leveraging AI to drive more personalized experiences and things like our new virtual assistant that we launched this summer, getting artificial intelligence and algorithms behind all of the data that we're capturing on user behaviors within our platform to help deliver more proactive feedback and responses to advisors who are engaging with the virtual assistant and having it sort of learn through all of that data, how to be more proactive at responding, perhaps to client questions, maybe even before they get asked, or certainly mm -hmm. to drive those responses based on not just that client's experience, but the broad set of data experiences that we have from all users of the platform. So that's an example. The other is, our data and analytics team is working closely with clients around things like how do we measure and predict client attrition? And the interesting thing there is it, it, there's a lot of research and trial and error because you have to really be able to align on the definition of what is an event that indicates a likelihood to attrit, right? And so there's work to figure out the definitions and then it's applying the algorithms on top of the data to then be able to provide those predictive insights to clients that they can then take action on. So we're doing, we're doing a lot within the platform around early use cases to leverage AI for immediate benefit for advisors. And, and the benefit that you have there is that being such a, a large financial services firm, you can pull from many, many, many data points from advisory relationships across the, across the, the spectrum for the benefit of any individual advisor who's maybe availing themselves of that technology. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're seeing in the early days of the opportunities that analytics and artificial intelligence are going to provide to really changing the experience clients have on the platform, the insights that we can glean from the data that we have access to, and then sort of the actions that advisors can take to grow their business, to maintain their business. And when you think about the regulatory environment, just touching on the opportunities there to really be able to do a much better job of monitoring and being more proactive around what we can do for data patterns and anomalies that we see. Yeah, that's, that's great, that's interesting. It's interesting stuff, a, a lot of people are working on it, but I know you guys have a, a good head start on it. Uh, Lisa, this has been great. Uh, uh, congratulations on the My pleasure. Uh, finalists for the wealthies, and uh, thanks very much for joining us, giving us a little bit of insight into what you guys are up to. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. This is David Armstrong with the Wealthiest Podcast, WealthManagement.com Industry Award winners. Talk to you again soon. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of WealthManagement.com.